Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you will build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hello, Christy Lee here, and welcome to this week's episode of the People Powered Business Podcast. We are at episode number 191 of the podcast, and welcome. It's great to have you here with me this week on the podcast. If you're one of our regular listeners, welcome back. It is great to have you here. And for our newer listeners, welcome along. It is really wonderful to have some new listeners to the podcast, and I really hope you're enjoying the episodes that we bring you each and every week. If you are a new listener, the People Powered Business Podcast is a weekly podcast. You'll get brand new episodes every single Wednesday morning, uh, Australian time, uh, here in your podcast feed, wherever you love listening to podcasts. And you will also hear the odd power play episode. These are our mini episodes which land sometimes on a Sunday morning. They're not a regular episode, but they are more on a short, sharp leadership inside. But today is one of our more regular episodes. And on today's episode... I wanted to chat to you about some trends and some challenges that I'm seeing pop up and that I expect to see be the focus for small businesses or small to medium-sized businesses, really. Some things I think you need to be ready for as we head into a brand new calendar year. So today I wanted to chat to you about the five biggest staffing challenges that I think SMEs, small to medium-sized enterprises, need to be ready and have a plan for. So really today I want to chat to you about the changing landscape when it comes to staffing in Australia and abroad as well because we are very much heading back into the world of it being a global uh, working uh, landscape. Of course with that little pandemic that we had we became much more insular for that period of time. We are heading back into a much more global staffing landscape and I think this is something that we really need to be ready for especially as small businesses because we're often not equipped don't have the resourcing, the skills and the knowledge that larger businesses have when it comes to dealing with uh, staff from other places around the world. And the reason I really wanted to start to highlight this at this particular time of year, at the time this episode goes live, we are in November 2023, and I just feel like small to medium-sized businesses really need to be ready 
so that we are not left behind when these trends hit us. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I truly believe that small to medium-sized businesses have a huge and unique opportunity right now if we are ready. If we're not ready, we're going to miss the boat. But we are far more, more agile and able to adapt and able to tact and change course. We are far more able to implement new things and change direction when we need to. Unlike big corporate businesses, we don't have to have 75 meetings and a whole mountain of red tape to get through. We can change and move very, very quickly if we are ready when these changes come. And of course, part of being ready means having a plan to navigate these challenges. Because if we are blindsided and we don't have a plan, it can become incredibly difficult. We may miss the warning signs or the opportunities. We may not be ready to take action when the time is right. And having a plan in place really helps us with that. So today I thought we'd unpack what's changing and what I think the biggest challenges are going to be. I'm going to share with you the five biggest challenges, which are, I guess, also opportunities if you want to look at them that way. And then we can have a bit of a chat about what you need to do next in order to be ready. So I hope that sounds good. Let's dive into that. So firstly, let's chat a little bit about what's changing to create these new and unique challenges. Now, this may be a slightly controversial opinion, but I've been saying this since early 2020, the pandemic has merely escalated the change that we were going to see anyway in workplaces by, I predict, about 20 years. I think what the pandemic has done to the world of work here in Australia and overseas is it's moved it forward 20 years. We would have been in a situation where work from home was the norm, where workplace flexibility was no longer a perk but a basic fundamental expectation, where work was not the sole focus of one's life and people were looking for different um, levels of interaction with work. We were heading that way. We were heading that way oh so slowly. And to be honest, with a whole stack of resistance from employers... Pre-pandemic, I was seeing employees wanting, desperately wanting, more flexibility in their work, asking to work from home some of the time, not all the time, but some of the time. And employers were largely extraordinarily resistant to that idea. In fact, the companies that could make it work back then had a massive, massive competitive advantage and they were taking advantage of it and good on them. But largely employers were hugely resistant. And they were hugely resistant because they weren't ready for it. They weren't set up for it. And when I say they weren't set up for it, the tech was there. I mean, I remember when it was actually impossible to work from home because technology wouldn't allow it. When I started my own business, I couldn't work from home because the technology wouldn't allow it or it was incredibly slow, like trying to dial into a VPN connection in order to get into your server that was in the office in order to do something that you needed to do in the server. It was just more hassle. It was easier to get in the car and drive into the office, to be fair. So the technology wasn't with us. And then technology took off and we could work online. We could work remotely. But employers and businesses were absolutely not ready for that, even if the technology was. So we already saw this pull from employees, but the lion's share of resistance coming from employers made it impossible. Then we have a pandemic where we have zero choice but to adapt. And everyone could see that this was actually incredibly possible, incredibly productive for a lot of people. And then what we've seen happen is, of course, some employers have said, whoa, up, 
let's go back to how things were. And that is not okay with employees these days. So part of this is coming from something that we would have seen happen in 20 years that's just been expedited by the pandemic. And I think that's been part of what's changing. I think another key trend that I am seeing this year and that I absolutely think is going to continue in 2024 is everyone's got the travel bug. (laughs) I don't know whether you've noticed, but my Facebook feed and I'm showing my age by saying Facebook rather than Instagram, but Instagram as well, um, especially through our winter, was chock full of every second person being on a European vacation. I had a little bit of jealousy, I won't lie. And that's going to continue. In fact, I remember listening to, um, it was a podcast, I can't remember what podcast, in, it might have been late 2020, early 2021. And the person being interviewed said that they predicted that international travel, and they were they were an American, so they were talking from an American perspective, but they predicted that international travel would not return to its pre-pandemic level until 2024. Now, at that time, I thought, no, surely not. But I think they were right. I think next year is going to be the year that we see travel back to completely normal. I mean, I've definitely seen a massive upswing in travel this year. And in fact, businesses I'm working with, their staff are running out of annual leave because they've been doing so much travel. And it's great, but we're seeing that course correction of so many years of not being able to travel. We're seeing so many years of, you know, post high school students not being able to do that exciting travel adventure that they often did pre-uni. So now they're going to do it after uni. So we're seeing a whole, um, I guess, perfect storm of travel preparation. I know for myself personally, I'm already starting to plan out 2024. And one of the first things I'm planning in is some travel because it's been a while since I've done some decent travel. And I'm also at a stage in life where my kids are teenagers. And I've suddenly realized I've only got a few precious years left to travel with them before they're not going to want to travel with mum anymore. <laughs> Although my teenager has assured me, as long as I'm paying, she'll continue to travel with me. But I'm going to plan in some travel. And I think that's really common. In fact, chatting to another fellow business owner just this week, who's just returned from Europe, and she's a regular European traveler. She's got family and friends in Europe. She said she has never seen it so busy and she was not there in peak time. So I think the travel bug is going to impact our staffing levels. Of course, the transition between on-site and remote roles and what is in demand is absolutely going to change things up. Recently, I've been helping some businesses with recruitment campaigns, and I can tell you the number of applications and the quality of applications that you get for a work-from-home role versus an in-office role are exponentially different. As an example, I'm working with two different businesses, hiring similar roles. I'm talking administration, customer support roles, nothing, you know, niche or fancy. One is an in-office role part-time. The other is a work-from-home role part-time. 40 applications versus, so far in six days, 1,200 applications. I'm not even joking. And the quality is vastly different. Of the 40 applications, there's one or two that are okay, and I wouldn't say superstars, of the 1,200 applications, obviously by virtue of the numbers, but there are 80 applications in there easily that are great. You know, it's going to be hard to wind that down to the top people. So the expectation, the demand for remote roles is huge. Of course, we're going through generational change as well. We've got new generations coming into the workplace and they are going to expect different things from work and they're going to treat work very differently in their lives. And I want to point out that that is not wrong or right. It is simply different. Work is different to them. And we 
as the older generations in the workplace need to get on board with that very quickly. The good old days, as one of my clients referred to it recently, you can't keep yearning for those. Things have changed and if you don't keep up, you're not going to be able to attract the best talent. The expectations have changed around that too. And the way people fundamentally, and this is across all generations, think about the importance of work in their life has changed forever. How people prioritise work has changed forever. It is not going to bounce back. Sure, there'll be a little course correction, but it has changed forever and we need to be ready for that change. So because of all these changes, what are the challenges that I predict small to medium-sized businesses particularly are going to be facing in the next 12 months or so. Are you ready to hear my top five? And this is not exhaustive, guys, obviously. Um, there's, there's going to be a lot of challenges. And depending on your industry, you might have some industry-specific challenges. But these are some fundamental challenges and ultimately opportunities, if you're ready for them, that I think we can all predict will happen. The first, I think, is we're going to see a continued pressure on engagement and retention of our team. And I have seen this bubble up this year already. Business is really concerned about how to motivate people, how to retain them, how to engage them. And I think this is especially tricky for small to medium-sized businesses because we can't simply offer to switch them to another department to give them different experience. We don't have that capacity. We can't necessarily offer the growth up a ladder that a big corporate organisation can. So we simply must be more creative in how we are engaging and retaining our people. And I think this is going to be a huge challenge for businesses that we absolutely need to be ready for. And now, before 2024 hits us, is the time to start thinking about that. We know that engagement and retention can get a big hit in January when people come back from leave and think, oh, actually, not so fun, maybe I want to change. We need to think about our engagement and retention strategies for next year now so we don't fall into that trap of the January resignation period. And we absolutely need to be more creative. How are we rewarding and incentivizing people? What are we giving them to give them a reason to stay with us? Is it about a sense of belonging? Is it about flexibility? Is it around one of the clients I'm working with at the moment is looking at do we offer our team additional annual leave instead of a Christmas bonus because their team will want to go traveling next year. So why don't we support them in doing that? Because we know none of our competitors are going to give them that. It's that kind of creativity that you need to retain people. So I think one of the biggest challenges that's going to face all of us is engagement and retention. And we as small to medium-sized businesses need to think carefully and creatively about the incentives we put into place and the initiatives we put into place. The second biggest challenge that I see continuing, and I'm not going to say start because I think it's continuing, is effective communication, honestly. A lot of businesses really are not great at this. And if we don't get this right, our team will not stay. If we've got inconsistent messaging going to our team, if we are not doing what we promise to do, if we are not communicating what's happening and why it's happening and what we expect from people, it is not going to bode well for motivation, for retention, for productivity, for our ability to attract people to our business. What is the message we as the business owner are sending out and is it flowing consistently down throughout our organisation? Are we listening? Are we having curious conversations? Because our people are paying attention to it all. It's so important we get it right. The third challenge, this is going to be a big one, is look. the experts call it work-life balance. I want to make very clear that I have for decades said that I think the term work-life balance is total BS. 
I think it's a construct that's been made up to make certain coaches and consultants a lot of money to try and create work-life balance that does not exist. However, I do think one of the biggest challenges is going to be meeting the demands of flexibility that our workers are going to be expecting because work isn't work anymore and home isn't home anymore. Everything is intertwined and both generationally and through the change, people are not wanting to treat work as a chunk of their life that has no moldability around it. It is not going to fly. And if we can't be flexible to help people better balance all of the different demands they have in their life, we are going to really struggle, not only to find people, but to keep them and to keep them happy. It's going to be a massive challenge. And this is going to involve rethinking our thinking about how work fits into everything else. So some people call it work-life balance. I'm going to call it workplace flexibility. Call it what you will, but that is going to be a challenge. The fourth challenge, and this is something I've been talking about a lot, but I still don't think has had enough airtime, is building effective leadership skills within our team. We start businesses without having any leadership skills because no one teaches us, but we we basically foster that to continue by not developing leadership skills in our team, by not coaching, by not training, by not developing those skills. And it is going to cause a huge ripple effect on all small to medium-sized businesses if, if we don't focus in on that. If we can develop better leadership skills within our team, we are setting our business up for long-term success. We are, we haven't, I think this is an opportunity more than a challenge that we can set ourselves aside from anyone else in the market and we can create better businesses and we can achieve better business growth, success and freedom for ourselves as the business owner if we put more focus on developing leadership skills within our team. I think it is a forgotten skill that we don't give nearly enough attention to and it can be a potential game changer for our business. So that's the fourth challenge. And the final challenge which again isn't new, but I think it's going to take on a whole new identity in the next year, is our ability to adapt to change. We're seeing economic change at the moment. And I know lots of different industries are feeling the shift. Someone someone described it, I'm trying to think who it was, it was someone I respect very much, so I really wish I could think about it, but as it feels like the sands are changing beneath our toes at the moment, there's just a bit of a shift going on. That's going to continue into next year and we need to be ready for that. It will be a challenge because we're going to have wage pressures on. We know that salaries have increased more in 2023 than they have in quite a long time before that. We're going to have people demanding pay rises and we're going to be in a difficult position as SMEs to just go, sure, let's increase everyone by 10% because it's not going to be economically viable. Our markets are going to be shifting. We are going to need to shift the structure of our businesses because finding the people in the roles that we want to hire for may not be that simple. It's going to continue to be difficult. So our ability to adapt to change is going to be a huge challenge for us. But as small to medium-sized businesses, I believe firmly we have a massive opportunity there because we can adapt to change if we are ready for it and if we have a plan for it. Big businesses cannot do that so simply. This is our competitive advantage, so it's our opportunity to take advantage of. So let me recap those five challenges. Engagement and retention of our people effective communication, work-life flexibility, developing leadership skills and adapting to change. If we can seize those opportunities, if we're ready to meet those challenges, we're in a unique position to do really, really well next year. So what do you need to do next to get ready? Have a plan. (laughs) That's number one. Put some thought into all five challenges and have a plan to meet them. 
If you're not planning on engagement, retention and motivation strategies for next year now, you will be left behind. If you're not ready to look at developing leadership skills or to know how to combat the requests that you are about to get if you haven't got them already for workplace flexibility, you are going to be left behind. So start to get ready and make a plan. Please don't assume that you can think about this later. I want you to be an early adopter here so you can get the most benefit out of being ready for these challenges. The other key thing I think you really all need to be thinking about as small to medium-sized businesses with these challenges in mind is have a look at your single person risk. If there is any one person in your business that holds all the knowledge in any one area of your business, get a plan in place for that now. Even if you never need to actually act on that plan, there is nothing worse than seeing a business where one person holds a whole stack of knowledge and they decide they're heading overseas for a year or they're taking on another job, or they're moving into state. And the absolute bottom falling out of that particular part of the business can be catastrophic. Look at your single person risks. Start talking to your people now. Understand what their plans are for next year. I've got my clients talking to their team about what their leave plans are for next year now, because we know that 50% of their team is going to want to take three to four weeks in Europe, probably at some point of the year. We need to plan for that now. So start talking to your people. What's important for them next year? How can you help them achieve that? And fundamentally be willing to let go of the old expectations, the good old days, how things used to be, because it's not going to come back. And if we can be ready to meet that challenge, we are in a fantastic position as small to medium-sized businesses to reap the rewards of meeting these challenges and seeing them more as opportunities, which is what I would love for you all to do. I hope you have found that beneficial and it's seeded some food for thought for you in relation to getting ready to meet these challenges. Now, I would love to invite you to join us in our free Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. Just head over to Facebook groups and search that and you will find us or the direct link is in today's show notes wherever you're listening to this episode. That's a wrap for me for today. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of the People Powered Business Podcast.